Hello, and welcome to Conversations from the World of Allergy, a podcast produced by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I'm your host, Dave Stukas. I'm a board-certified allergist and immunologist and serve as the social media medical editor for the Academy. Our podcast series will use different formats to interview thought leaders from the world of allergy and immunology. This podcast is not intended to provide any individual medical advice to our listeners. We do hope that our conversations provide evidence-based information. Any questions pertaining to one's own health should always be discussed with their personal physician. The Find an Allergist search engine on the Academy website is a useful tool to locate a listing of board-certified allergists in your area. Finally, use of this audio program is subject to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology Terms of Use Agreement, which you can find at www.aaai.org. Today's edition of our Conversations from the World of Allergy podcast series will focus on the upcoming Academy's annual virtual meeting, taking place from February 26th to March 1st, 2021. And we are very pleased to welcome Dr. Len Becarrier as our guest for today's episode. Dr. Becarrier is a professor of pediatrics in the Division of Pediatric Allergy, Immunology, and Pulmonary Medicine at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. Dr. Becarrier has led a long and distinguished career hallmarked by remarkable accomplishments and contributions to multiple areas of asthma research, including as an NIH-funded investigator and leader for multi-center clinical trials. Dr. Becarrier serves as the chair of the annual meeting program committee for the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, which makes him the perfect guest to discuss the upcoming meeting in today's show. Dr. Becarrier, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, and welcome to our podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation, Dr. Stugas. Oh, sure. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, but before we get into some of the great details surrounding the meeting, would you mind uh, filling our listeners in and, and telling us how long have you served in your role as chair for the annual meeting program committee? Yeah, so the process for this is that uh, after being appointed to the leadership of the AMPC, one serves as vice chair for two years. So I completed that uh, with Dave Chaplin serving as chair, and this is the first of my two years serving as chair of the meeting, and I've been joined now by Josh Boyce from Brigham and Women's Hospital as the vice chair. Excellent. And I, I'm sure many of our listeners may not appreciate really all that goes on behind the scenes into planning a meeting of this size. So when did the process begin for the 2021 meeting? This is indeed a, a longer process than I think might be generally appreciated. We actually begin our meeting planning about 18 months in advance. So this meeting began uh, its planning uh, in the fall of 2019. Wow. And ballpark estimate as to how many people are actually involved in on the program committee to help plan sessions and get speakers and things like that? So the program committee is, is composed of leaders from all of the academy's interest sections, their vice chair, chair and uh, secretary, plus members from Allied Health, from the Office of Medical Education. Um, this year, we started having some uh, participation from uh, the NIA group and the fellows in training. So it's probably about 40 to 50 people. It really takes working sort of full time to really put this together, but none of it happens without the uh, exceptional work um, and uh, support from the Academy uh, staff, particularly Amanda Lubin and Steve Holstein, who really carry the lion's share of the work and uh, make this process very pleasant and very efficient. Oh, that's great. So it, I, I think that's helpful when people go or attend the sessions of the meeting to understand really what goes on behind the scenes to put that together, which is, as you mentioned, a lot of work. 
Now, unfortunately, as you know and our listeners know, we were all supposed to gather together in beautiful San Diego, California for the annual meeting this year, but unfortunately that's not possible due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Can you give us some insight and some background as to when the board of directors decided to make this meeting completely virtual and what factors were considered? As you can imagine, this was uh, it was both a very difficult and actually very easy decision in the end. After we had uh, decided to cancel the 2020 meeting due to the pandemic, we had really hoped that by uh, late winter, early spring of 2021, we'd be able to return to a traditional in-person event. But as, as we all know, the evolving pandemic and especially its impact in Southern California, um, it really became clear to us in early 2020 that that really was uh, an unlikely scenario to be able to, to bring to fruition. And in order to give the AMPC its greatest opportunity to, to put together um, the highest quality meeting possible, the Board of Directors made the decision in July of 2020 uh, to move to a fully virtual meeting for 2021. And I think that really did afford the AMPC um, several extra months that uh, we, I think, put to very good use and allowed us to build a, a very uh, strong program uh, knowing that this was going to be uh, our strategy going forward. Mm, well, that's great. Yeah, it's it's always helpful to have uh, as much lead time as possible. And like you said, it's it was a difficult decision, but it sounds like an easy one as well to maintain the safety. And now that we know, uh, of course, it was the right decision. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking back about last year's meeting, which was supposed to take place in Philadelphia in mid-March. Uh, and for our listeners, you may or may not recall, but the decision to cancel that in-person meeting didn't take place until about four days or so prior to the start of the meeting. Um, and as we look back now, traditionally speaking, like as with this year, a lot of times the academy meeting is held in February. Uh, it could have been just a few weeks earlier. Have you had time to sort of think through or process what that would have meant, say, if we all got together in Philadelphia just a few weeks before um, at the start of the pandemic? Uh, it's, it's really a remarkable situation to contemplate, especially as time has gone on and we've learned what some of these medical conferences early in the pandemic really contributed to in terms of dissemination of, of virus to all corners of the country and of the world. Um, I think the, the board of directors made very much the correct decision, even though it was last minute, um, to cancel the in-person meeting. And uh, the timing of that being delayed to late February, early March, really, I think, gave us um, a little more opportunity to see what was evolving in front of us and make that best decision. It really would have been a, a tragedy to, uh, to not know the, the potential consequences of uh, holding such a large uh, international meeting in that situation. And I am so grateful uh, that uh, that cooler heads and uh, uh, good reason was put um, in front of all and that we decided to keep everyone safe and uh, cancel that meeting uh, appropriately so. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's it's funny looking back, we were discussing of how we enforce people, you know, let's not shake hands this year uh, when we get together. <laughs> um, and things have changed so dramatically since then. 
Um, so moving on to this year's meeting, the theme for this year's meeting is titled Incorporating New and Emerging Therapies into Allergy Immunology Practice and Research. Uh, can you tell us why this theme was chosen and, and how that theme will influence the topics that will be discussed throughout the meeting? Sure. So every year uh, there's a theme that is uh, developed for the meeting, and this is generally done through the Academy's Office of Medical Education. And what they do is they review member feedback and outcomes from all of the educational offerings across um, the Academy's uh, platform. And based on those data, they recommended this as an appropriate topic that was felt to be responsive to an area where many members have expressed the need to expand their knowledge and skills. Um, so that's really our, our model for uh, developing uh, the theme of any annual meeting. And it also reminds me to encourage folks that the surveys and uh, the evaluations that folks receive during and after the meeting really are taken very seriously. They're not just bookkeeping tools. Mm -hmm. We really do evaluate those. And if there are areas that folks find uh, themselves in need of additional um, knowledge, please put them into these formats so that the AMPC can begin to consider them and hopefully uh, use that to direct and uh, develop programming. Oh, that, that's a, a very important point. Thank you for reminding everybody about that. Now, you know, unfortunately, uh, all of us are now used to virtual meetings, uh, <laughs> many of which, you know, we weren't used to uh, just a year ago. Uh, so with this platform that we're going to use and, and for this year's annual meeting, can you give us an overview of the, of the format? Uh, are we going to have live sessions, recorded sessions, a mixture of both? Tell us a little bit more. Sure. So, now that we had adequate and ample time to plan this meeting, we've actually um, acquired the services of, of a professional online meeting hosting company that will really allow us to deliver a meeting that has every type of programming that you could potentially envision. It will be a combination of, of both live and recorded sessions, several live sessions over the pre-determined meeting dates, February 26th through March 1. But this will also be supplemented by several pre-recorded sessions. All of the live sessions will always be recorded and posted online for later viewing uh, through March of 2022. So mm. attendees can feel very confident that there will be every opportunity for them to see every session at the 2021 meeting for the following year and really, I think, provides an unparalleled educational opportunity um, uh, to what has ever been offered in the past. If you're interested, you can go online and visit annualacademy.aaai.org and click the, bun the button for 2021 virtual annual meeting sessions to get a better idea of the types of sessions um, that are going to be available uh, so you can begin to plan uh, your, uh, your learning accordingly. Mm. You mentioned that the live sessions, once they um, are, are hosted live, then they can be accessed anytime afterwards. Will the recorded sessions sort of be released uh, according to some schedule throughout the weekend? Or the, you know, as soon as the meeting opens on Friday morning, can anybody go on and, and view any session? So we uh, thought long and hard about that. And the recorded sessions will be released on the day that they are to be given so that each day there will be a new bolus of sessions released um, from the pre-recorded um, collection and all supplemented by the live sessions for each uh, day of the meeting. 
Yeah, so kind of like we're there in person. We just kind of sit back and, and think through what sessions we want to attend that day and which we want to earmark for later. I love it. That's great. You, you and, do, and you're able to you're able to pause, you know, if, if you need to leave and uh, go see some patients in clinic, you can do that mm. and come back. You can uh, do these over, uh, you know, uh, breakfast, uh, weeks following the meeting. Um, there's really unparalleled access this year. And we really worked hard to maximize that because unlike a traditional meeting where we do have limitations to the number of rooms and the number of sessions that can occur at any given time, with this virtual platform, there were really very few limits. And I suspect we'll talk about it in a little while about some of the, the unique offerings that mm -hmm. this nearly unlimited platform uh, allowed us to put forth. No, absolutely. I think, well, let's start there. You know, can you give us a sense how many sessions will be available and specifically how many hours of CME credits can somebody obtain? Yeah, so this this is a CME bonanza for folks. We're going <laughs> to offer 150 or so sessions that will end up including about 166 CME credits if one were to avail themselves of the entirety of the program over the next year. So a tremendous amount um, of educational uh, content and credit uh, for those who uh, wish to take advantage of it. Wow. So it's really, I'm doing some quick calculations, roughly four times the amount of CME that one could potentially receive through an in-person meeting. Does that sound about right? Uh, yes, maybe even more than that. I think the typical attendee is probably in the high 20s of wow. hours of a given meeting. And this is this is nearly limitless, 166 hours of credit for those who who want to get it all. Wow. And you mentioned before that sessions will be um, accessible for registered attendees until March of 2022. Will people be able to still obtain their CME credits through that time period as well? Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. Absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about the, the types of sessions. So are we still going to see the same sessions that we're used to, the ones that we know and love, like uh, symposia and workshops, pro-con debates? Uh, if so, um, how will these differ compared to the in-person sessions? And are there any new offerings that you can uh, get us excited about? Sure. So everything that you're used to seeing, you will see um, as part of this meeting. We have plenaries, we have keynotes, we have symposia workshops, courses, debates, and even some seminars. As you can imagine, the virtual uh, space leads to some challenges for some of these sessions. Some will be formatted just like they were for an in-person meeting, but presented through the virtual platform. And once you're registered, you can access all of the sessions except for the seminars. Those are always intended to be smaller groups and these are gonna require a separate registration and a small ticket fee in order to keep the group size small and manageable. Um, but these will all, um, present content in a way we're used to. Some will have um, real-time uh, chat features so that uh, participants can send in their questions and get responses from the presenters. And even many of the sessions that the content may be pre-recorded, but there'll be a simulcast where the presenters will be available online to answer questions during um, and during the question and answer period so that it really will behave very similar um, to a live meeting. 
And I think for some folks who may not be comfortable standing up and asking uh, verbal questions in a large meeting room, the online provides a very safe mode through which they can ask all of their questions um, and uh, get these answers. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, the other thing I noticed as I went through the, the um, program was it it seems like this year has twice the number of plenary sessions compared to most years. Can you tell us why that is? And can you also offer us a preview of what some of these sessions will discuss? Sure, so you're absolutely right. And this is one of the, the elements that we thought we would take advantage of in the, in the virtual space because everybody loves the plenaries and the number we have are generally limited by space and competing sessions. But with the virtual format and the fact that they will all be recorded, we felt that we had enough content and interest that each day would have two such sessions so that we have effectively doubled the number of plenaries and keynotes to broaden the, the educational offerings and the topics that are available. And since these will be recorded, you can watch them and not necessarily have to make the difficult decision of do I attend a plenary or do I go to some other session or vice versa. So we have plenaries that will start off with our presidential plenary around congenital disorders of immunity and how research drives clinical practice. We have plenaries around novel therapies for allergic disease and for atopic dermatitis. We have a plenary around environmental change and, the, and its effect on allergic sensitization. We have a session that will focus on eosinophilic esophagitis from bench to bedside. We have a keynote that will be delivered by uh, 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 Dr. Hillary Marston from uh, NIAID uh, around the, the federal response to SARS-CoV-2 pandemic one around vaccine development and testing. So I think there's a pretty broad offering around allergic disorders, immunologic disorders, and uh, issues related to our current uh, pandemic so that uh, we can all leave this meeting with a broad sense of having been exposed and thought, think through uh, a wide variety of uh, such topics in a plenary uh, approach. Mm. Oh, that sounds amazing. And you mentioned before that the, the programming and the, the committee has been meeting really for, I mean, a year and a half before the, the meeting actually takes place. But, you know, with everything that's going on in our world, um, did you have the ability to add late breaking sessions or sessions specifically dealing with uh, COVID-19 and, and how that affects our specialty and our patients? So we are uh, intently trying to incorporate as much quality uh, COVID-19 uh, content as we possibly can. As mentioned, we will have a keynote around uh, that. Um, we're going to do our best to incorporate it where possible. You know, as everybody knows, the literature around uh, COVID-19 mm -hmm. is rapidly developing, but uh, doesn't always keep up with the level of scientific quality that I think many of us um, want to uh, see as part of our academy uh, meeting offerings. Um, I'm confident that there will be substantial COVID-19 content, and as you can imagine, we're already starting to plan uh, the 2022 meeting, um, mm. and we're confident that the amount of quality content that will really be spilled um, specific will be even greater next year, mm. also with the hopes that the pandemic will start to have uh, come behind us and that we can in a more relaxed manner think about what we learned from it. 
and hopefully be in person for that meeting as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, speaking of research, everybody loves the, the abstracts that are presented during the annual meeting, the posters and oral abstracts discussing new research findings and exciting new perspectives. Uh, are these going to be present during the virtual meeting? And if so, it, how will that be different than in normal years? Yeah, so abstracts are a critical part of, of our meeting, and uh, this one will be no different. Our virtual platform includes a virtual poster hall where posters will be presented. Unlike the in-person meeting, all posters now will be invited to submit a short video presentation of their research, which will be accessed in the virtual hall. So every poster, even if not selected for an oral session, will be given the opportunity to upload a video walking um, interested folks through the content of their session. Furthermore, we're going to continue to offer oral abstract sessions, and we're going to offer these each day of the live meeting, just like at the traditional meeting. They're going to feature presentations by the authors, moderated with a discussion with the authors. And then we are also going to offer a networking lounge each afternoon after the oral abstract sessions, where the attendees can interact in a less formal manner with the presenters for further uh, discussion uh, that may not be uh, contained within the uh, quote unquote four walls of the, the actual session. So I think folks are going to have lots of opportunity to, to show their work um, and also to derive commentary um, and feedback from the attendees. So I think it's going to work in both directions in a really uh, effective manner. Oh, I agree. It sounds amazing. And you mentioned the networking lounge, and I know a lot of folks love to catch up with colleagues and friends from across the world during the annual meeting. Are they going to have that ability during the virtual format? Will the, the virtual uh, networking lounge allow for that at other times during the meeting? Absolutely. So we're going to have several networking opportunities uh, uh, offered through the platform. So if you know a colleague who's attending, you can email them directly through the platform or have a private chat conversation using the online platform. We'll also have special networking lounges for uh, special for uh, specific member groups, such as Allied Health, New Allergist Immunologist Assembly, Fellows in Training, as well as that main networking lounge. Um, we'll also, as, as mentioned, have this oral abstract presenters networking lounge, lounge so that in all of these, you'll be able to interact with other participants and hopefully make some new connections using the live text chat features. Oh, that's great. And I'd like to take this opportunity to put a plug in because, of course, social media will be very active during the meeting, as it always is during the in-person meeting. And our hashtag that we're going to use this year is hashtag AAAAI21. Uh, so hopefully people can interact with each other online on social media as well as in the networking lounge and throughout the virtual meeting platform. Now, what about an exhibit hall? Is that still going to be present? And if so, what's that going to look like? So we are confident that folks will feel like they are actually at the uh, in-person meeting uh, with all of the offerings and the exhibit hall is uh, going to be no different. It's a lot like the poster hall. They will have a uh, area within the platform that allows folks to go and explore um, the exhibits. Each exhibitor will have staff available that will uh, be able to answer questions and share information about products and services during the posted hours. And we're expecting to have over 70 exhibitors participating this year and encourage participants to build some time into your schedule to visit uh, that virtual exhibit hall uh, in between your other uh, sessions and uh, events.
you're putting together what sounds like a, an amazing virtual meeting and a very busy weekend for a lot of us, which sounds great. Uh, and you know, oftentimes when we're in person after the the day sessions are done, uh, we get together in the evenings for some of the foundation events, like the annual run walk. And I know last year a lot of people were excited to see the Rocky Balboa impersonator uh, participate in the annual run walk. Of mm -hmm. course, that didn't get to take place. Well, what about this year? Is that still going to happen? And and if so, how? Yeah, so these are these are uh, the new way of, of conducting such events, and the foundation is going to have its 2021 events and uh, have a substantial presence at the annual meeting. On Friday the 26th at about 6 p.m. after completion of the educational sessions, the foundation and the academy are going to co-host a virtual award celebration that will feature the president and president-elect receptions, the honorary award luncheon, the foundation benefit all is one exciting presentation. This is a free presentation that will be open to all meeting participants. It will help to celebrate and recognize the Academy leadership, honorary awards, lectureships, and the grant recipients. The 5K run walk is also going virtual. Some folks, I think, will prefer that to, uh, to the actual mm -hmm. physical event. But um, instead of running at a predetermined distance altogether, you can run or walk um, the 5K at your own pace, on your own time, anywhere from March the 1st to the 14th. You can register on the Foundation's website, www.aaaifoundation.org, or at the virtual booth through the meeting, and there will be a virtual winner's circle on March the 15th. And if you want to get additional information on any of these events, about the named lectureships, the faculty development awards that will be uh, announced at the meeting, these can also be found at the uh, Academy's Foundation virtual booth on the meeting platform. Well, this has been a remarkable conversation. I can't thank you and the committee enough for all of the work that you've done uh, to ch put this together so that we can all at least be together uh, virtually uh, for some outstanding educational sessions and some great networking opportunities and everything that we normally look forward to in any other year. And before we depart, where can people go if they want to register for the meeting and how long will registration be open for? Sure. So it's been a great honor and privilege to to work with the group and help develop this content that we're all highly excited to be part of. Registration is available and it will be available up till the start of the large of the live program on the 26th. Visit annualmeeting.quadai.org and click the button for registration. We do encourage you to register early though, so that you'll have some time before the live session start on the 26th to explore the site so you know where everything is and that you won't miss a minute of any of the sessions that first morning. Uh, but we're very excited uh, for this program. We all do wish that, that times were different and that we could uh, be gathering together for both the educational and uh, social elements that I know we all um, cherish as part of this uh, annual gathering, but we hope that uh, this approach will at least provide folks with some connectedness, um, a, a bevy of, of educational material and content, um, some intellectual stimulation, um, and uh, that we can then take that back home uh, to our practices so that we can continue to improve the lives of the, the patients uh, that we care for. So I thank you again for uh, the great opportunity to participate in this discussion and look forward uh, to the meeting in a few weeks.
Well, Dr. Becker, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And uh, we're all looking forward to a wonderful meeting. And I hope that you and every single member of the staff and planning community that helped put this together takes a moment during the, that weekend and afterwards to really sit back and, and just cherish what you helped bring to all of us. Uh, and thank you again for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you. And stay well. You as well. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Please visit www.aaai.org for show notes and any pertinent links from today's conversation. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, so you can receive new episodes in the future. Thank you again for listening.